Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Tracy. So last week, when we were talking about the stories we make up, um, and we finished recording, and you said to me, you're like, oh, we forgot a whole piece of um, this conversation. And I'm like, wait, what? What do we forget? And do you remember what you said to me? Self-advocacy. Yeah. And I hadn't even like put that together. So I'm so glad you named that because when you have these stories in your head or when you're feeling like this internal battle or an external battle, right? Me against myself or me against the world. Do we have the language to truly advocate for ourselves in a way that communicates, this is what I need. This is why I need it. And I need you to honor that this is where I'm at. Yes. The the thing that I struggle with is that I will sit with you. I will encourage you. I will support you, right? Yeah. And I don't do that for myself. And then I take it a step further and we go out into public and I work really hard to conjure up the courage to advocate for you Mm -hmm. okay I definitely don't do that for myself well and that's that's what I heard in that like you're not even you're not even the advocate for yourself but yet well not always sometimes I am but yes sometimes that that is a truth yes but when I hear you talking about that it makes me think of how much you advocate for others and that if you had that same level of advocacy for yourself, like how powerful that is right. and how different it would be. Yes. And I encourage my children to advocate for themselves. I do too. And so Cecilia is my oldest. You know, she must've been four cause it was her second year of dance. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we went to dance class and we were having fun with friends and it was, it was kind of a, it was a movement class and lots of creativity involved and, she really enjoyed it. And one day she came home from school and or from dance and she said that she'd had a sad day because one of the girls told her that she did not like Cece and neither did anybody else in the class. Okay, now this is just, this is kids stuff, right? It happens. But it was the first time it had happened to, Ce- to Cecilia and in my parenting career. And so I asked her to paint the picture for me. And really what had happened was another little girl was excited to sit with Cece and somebody was jealous and they made a comment. And that was how, instead of processing their own discomfort or insecurities, because they're four, they came back with this, I'm going to make you feel bad Mm -hmm. as a way to gain control. Okay. What you are saying, I can. Adults I do can this come all the time. Up with so many, exactly what I was going to say. I know. I know. I can come up with oh. so many adult examples of that exact scenario. So I said to her, Cecilia, it's okay if they don't want to be your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I explained to her sometimes people are uncomfortable, and when they're uncomfortable, they prefer to um, make other people feel uncomfortable too because they think that'll make them feel better. Mm -hmm. This is a great life lesson to anybody who hasn't figured this one out yet, okay? Most issues are not you issues. They are them issues. Right. All right, so now that we know that. But then I said to her, it's okay if they don't want to be your friend. You don't have to be friends with everybody. But the next time that happens, you just tell them that's okay. 
you don't have to want to be my friend, but you're missing out because I'm a fun person. And I took her into the bathroom and we practiced it in front of the mirror. And, um, and that is a habit I got into with all of my children. And so many times they have approached a peer and said, here I am advocating for myself. And do you do that? I don't, but do you know what I do? And I think everybody else in the world does this too. A moment will happen and then it'll pass. And then in my head, the rest of the day, I'll be thinking about how the conversation should have gone. Oh yes. And then I tell myself, <laughs> oh, I should do that. But the, never, the moment never comes back. However, I am really, really trying to embrace me. And, and I'm just always offering the help and offering the support, which I'm fine doing. I love doing that. I don't mind doing that. It fills me up. But I also need to do the same to myself. Well, and, and establish I, boundaries. I, yes, I was just going to say that. And I need to establish boundaries. Now, we can say that this is a Natalie thing, but we all know this is a human thing. This this is very, very common. So I thought it was important that we talk about self-advocacy mm-hmm. because there are many different ways we can do it. And um, sometimes just naming it is half the battle. Absolutely. So advocate for yourself. Well, oh my gosh, 100%. So I was just thinking about sleep. <laughs> I'm not sure why that's the first thing that came to mind. Um, but how simple, like a simple start, right? I think a lot of people, when they think self-advocacy, that is putting myself out there, being vulnerable, saying things that might be unpopular. No, I'm even thinking like, how do you start small? And so one thing is I am a really good advocate of sleep. I want to go to bed. And when I want to go to bed, I'm going to go to bed. And my kids are older. So if I go to bed before my children, okay, I'm advocating for myself. I know I need seven to eight hours of sleep or it's not going to be pretty the next day. And so I put my phone away. I tell my children good night and I go to sleep. And that is something that It took me a while to get there because, especially as my son was a teenager, it was, I need to stay up. I need to stay up with him. I, this is our quality time. And I'm like, what? But actually I'm neglecting myself and not advocating for my own needs, which is seven to eight hours of sleep. He's a teenager. He still, don't worry everyone. He still gets a decent amount of sleep. He gets his own eight hours of sleep. Um, but in a different way. And I... I keep reflecting on, as I was listening to you talk, I kept thinking about what are the little ways that I can advocate for myself that don't feel so scary? Well, part of what advocating, part of what makes self-advocating scary is standing up to somebody Mm -hmm. or the confrontation. Mm -hmm. So if you start advocating for yourself to yourself, the person you're confronting is you Mm. and that's easier than someone else than someone else most times it also depends on which thing we're advocating okay so we had talked about last week um naming things that we're working through some of those some of those things are hard to do and so we skip over them but other little things like self-care okay i'm gonna start flossing my teeth every night just tiny little things Okay, or I'm going to be in bed every night by 11. Mm-hmm. 
I, um, and it doesn't have, if you're somebody who is up until midnight, 12, 30, one o'clock, don't just start going to bed at 11. Make it tiny. Say, I'm going to go to bed 10 minutes earlier tonight. Right. Or I'm going to turn the TV off at this time and do some things and then go to bed. But just tiny, tiny, tiny little steps. And eventually they snowball. Mm-hmm. Um, other ways of self-care that would be, um, or self-advocacy with yourself that would be small would be um, drinking more water. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to drink this much water a day. It's going to be, instead, I'm going to carry a water bottle with me. Right. Or instead of getting another cup of coffee, I'm going to fill up my water bottle. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I know. <laughs> I keep. Because I, I filled up my, my <laughs> mug of coffee and I thought to myself, should I grab another one? No, Tracy will have some at her house. <laughs> and coffee is really just water. It is. With, with some magic brown beans. in it. Magic beans. There you go. Water with magic beans. I was like, I was trying to come up with it. That was way better. <laughs> <laughs> Water, water with magic beans. Okay, but you said something. You said self-care. And I'm going to state an unpopular, perhaps, opinion. I hate the idea of self-care. I hate that it has been commercialized. I hate that it has been like the new post-pandemic. We all need to focus on self-care. But the way that we're talking about it is about doing more. Yeah. Which is actually the exact opposite of what true well-being is. And so when you think about well-being, and this is where I appreciate it when you said it is small steps. It is really little things and a conscious awareness of I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to make my lunch at home instead of hitting the drive through I'm going to go to bed 10 minutes early. It's those small things that will compound. And you said they'll snowball. But I'm really cautious of this narrative of self-care, self-care, take care of yourself, do more. Well, no, we need to create a life that doesn't require self-care. It's yes. just what we do each and every day to be our best selves. And are you advocating for yourself if you're making life more difficult in the process? Like, yes. if you are, if we're looking for self-care and all of a sudden you now have to meal plan and portion prep and you're not into that kind of stuff, all you're doing is making more for, more work for yourself. So in your self-advocacy in regards to self-care, ask yourself what can I do that is actually going to benefit me? So, for example, the meal planning, right? That's it. That, for me, that was a huge way to advocate for myself. I came into my family. I said, I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I can't keep up with everyone's need to eat. Okay. <laughs> everyone's hungry, and I, this is too much for me. Um, so I could just be the ideal stay-at-home mom who does all the meal planning, the June Cleaver, right? Was that oh, her name? Yeah. yeah, I could be June Cleaver. No, I could not be June Cleaver because that's just not who I am. So instead, I said to my family, "We, I need a break. I'm exhausted. I'm advocating for myself. I know I need to meal plan, but I can't do that. So I'm going to use, ask for your help in doing that. That's when we started collecting meal yeah. ideas at our quote-unquote family meetings, which really I shouldn't use quotation marks. Those are family meetings, they are but family they're not. Meetings formal 
they are formal, but they're not, they're not pin trustworthy. Okay. <laughs> it's um, a family meeting. There is no need for so, Pinterest. Worthy. But that would be an example. So when you say, um, oh, I need to start doing this or I need to start doing that, just make it, ask yourself, okay, first you have to say to yourself, am I, am I treating myself well? What can I do to treat myself better? And how can I do that in a way that's fair to me? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise what happens is we allow society to filter into those thoughts and say, oh, well, this is how so-and-so did it, or this is how this person did it, or this is what this Pinterest post says. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't follow those things. The other thing I want to say real quick, when we talk about self-care, um, I used to think I can't afford self-care. Because when I hear self-care, I hear spa, pampering, therapist, and all those things cost money. Mm-hmm. Fancy bath stuff. And that's really unfortunate because sometimes a hot shower for sure is, is just as therapeutic as a $90 massage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a walk is just as therapeutic as a 45 minute session with a therapist, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a walk, a, a walk without social media, without somebody in my ear, a mm-hmm. walk, just some time to just sit and with my thoughts, mm-hmm. sometimes journaling, Yeah, you know? So, but that goes back to this self care craze. And again, I, I am a yoga teacher. I love teaching yoga, it brings so much joy and value to my life, to my student's life, and it is a form of self-care. And yes, if you come and take a class, yes, it costs money. However, you can do yoga in your living room. Mm -hmm. You can do yoga in your backyard. And it doesn't need to be going to a studio. And I've been thinking a lot about how this post-pandemic craze is self-care, self-care. What are you doing for self-care? But it's all about monetizing it. And instead of, can we create a life and a world in which self-care isn't needed? So, all right. So last week, well, I guess maybe it's two weeks ago now, irrelevant. On social media, which is another thing I need to work on limiting um, for my own well-being because social media is not helpful for me. It actually makes me super anxious sometimes. Um, I would argue it's not good for anybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the research is coming out on it now. Too little, too late. Ah! Anyways. um, Oh, so, so two weeks ago, this post came up on my social media about Finland and how you could apply to go do this vacation in Finland and learn why Finland has been rated as the happiest country for so long. And so I was super intrigued. Um, Finland is a place on my bucket list that I would love to go visit. I've learned a lot about their culture, about their, um, their structures, their school systems, like, Lots of different things that get these accolades about how amazing it is in Finland. And I'm like, how can we be happy when, you know, how many, the winter months are so dark. And one of the um, things, if you're not familiar with Huga, 
it's this, um, it's this mindset of simplicity and embracing the small things. So, um, I mean, you can't see us right now, but we have, as we're recording this, we have a candle burning, we have a fuzzy, cozy blanket, our coffee, all three of those things are huga elements of just embracing the little things, the coziness. So like in the winter you wear, you know, your fuzzy socks and you um, are enjoying nature, which we're in Minnesota. And so that's something that's really hard for a lot of people. But I, the more I learn about that culture and this idea of they keep getting these accolades about being the happiest country, it really is so many small things that allow that community and that culture to be happy. Well, that's one of the reasons why I wear sweatpants all the time. Yeah. They feel good. Yeah. They're easy on, easy off, easy to wash. I don't They're have to comfy. stress about drying them. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely like fashion. I do. It is a lot of work too, right? To have to go in and try all the clothes on, find the right fit, and and then you get home, then you have to make, you have to take care of the clothes. And they, I've got a lot of people doing laundry, which I'm excited about, but they don't all know how to take care of my special wash instructions. Oh, um, for sure. And um, and this is not just female fashion because no, this is for everybody. We have well. All everyone in my home does their own laundry, and that is so. If something shrinks, it's on the person who washed it, and so you wash your own clothes in our house. But again, sweatshirts shrink, or you yeah. know, the print if you dry it too long can peel, or whatever you know, all right. those things. Um, but it's just it's too much work for me. I definitely have my own take or my own creative style and my own take on fashion, and I enjoy that. Right, I like being able to pour into myself in that way, but I also know I've got a busy day today, and I feel good when I'm comfortable, mm -hmm. and I'm comfortable in what I know is going to help me with my lifestyle. Right, and so something that I can wash easily, something that I don't have to stress about getting dirty. Sweatpants. That's why I wear my sweatpants. So here's what's hilarious. Last week, I just had this conversation with um, a friend of mine at Coffee. And we were talking about how her husband actually wears the same outfit every day. Just has multiple white shirts, has multiple black pants, maybe changes out a tie here and there if, if a tie is needed. Um, but then there's no decision making in the morning, right? I just get dressed. And this her is what I wear. husband an engineer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I really think that part, I was supposed to be an engineer. I because I, I I think like that. Yes. But I was thinking about that from a female perspective and I was like, "Huh. I wonder how I would be perceived if I showed up every day in a pair of black pants." And I did actually start getting here like kind of more the wardrobe or the um the capsule wardrobe idea of I have a black black pants, black top, colored blazer, or black blazer, black top, colored pants. And that kind of became 
my staple to simplify getting ready in the morning. But what was so interesting is I was trying to take the stress out of getting ready in the morning because I had to wake up super early, get on the road, get to work and mm, functioning in the morning without multiple cups of coffee is hard for me. I'm not, I, I am more of a night owl than I am a morning person. And so this was one way going back to advocating for myself. This was one way of self-advocacy that it was like, all right, reduce the amount of choices in your closet. But in that conversation last week, I was thinking about, so he can do it, but what would happen if I did it? What would be the perception from the outside of, oh, is Tracy okay? Like she's wearing the same thing or she wore that last week, you know, like this is my Wednesday outfit. The first thing I want to say is, um, that is a whole nother podcast. Yes. Okay. The second thing I want to say is here is a really great space in which you could practice self advocacy Mm -hmm. because I know that when I get up in the morning and I put on my sweatpants, I know that I'm facing a world full of judgment. Yeah. I, I just do. And and it, it it comes out in so many different ways. People underestimate me because I'm wearing my sweatpants. Mm-hmm. People um, make assumptions about me because of the, the apparel that I'm presenting that day. But I don't care. I'm choosing to say fuck it. <laughs> no more Seriously, fucks. I, I'm fine. advocating for myself. I am comfortable and I don't have to explain to you why I'm wearing this. Mm-hmm. If this is the easiest way for you to be the most effective and efficient and I realize those are kind of the same words, but the, the, the best version of you, yeah, then fuck it and advocate for yourself mm-hmm. with that, with just that giving, with just giving yourself permission to say, I don't care what anyone thinks about my outfit. Well, and yes. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. So what's interesting is in our conversation last week, we both came to the same conclusion of, wait a second, is anybody paying attention to what I wear? Or is that a story in my head Mm. that I'm making up? And I think both are probably true. I'm making up that story in my head. And there are people who are paying attention to what... um, women are wearing on a regular basis, right? The whole pantsuit oh, debacle. Yeah. I mean we've got we've got the whole um oh the stitch fix, right? Mm-hmm. Every month we'll send you new clothes right. and this this idea that every month you every season you need something new, right? Mm-hmm. I think that there's something to keep in mind that yes there are people who are paying attention to what you're wearing and there are people who don't care. Mm-hmm. Also, have you heard the the theory that small minds talk about people, great minds talk about ideas? Mm-hmm. And so the people who care, mm-hmm. I'm not saying if you're into fashion, you're a small mind. That's don't 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 read into it this way. But the people who are hung up on, well, what is she wearing? Mm-hmm. At that moment, that is a small minded thought. The people who then say, yeah, Tracy was in my office today and we had a great conversation and we did some 
some some brainstorming and we came up with how to discover world peace and it's going to be great and fantastic. Mm-hmm. They didn't mention whether or not you were wearing a blazer or yoga pants or sweatpants from 2002. Well, I actually have yoga pants that are dress pants and they are the most amazing thing in the world because they're professional mm. dress, but they feel like yoga pants. So they're amazing. So this is one of those small things that can actually lead to really quality like headspace and and that's I think I I think Steve Jobs wore the same thing. And he's someone that I have admired for ever just because he was one of those uniquely uniquely unique, can I say mm-hmm. that? Right? He was so unique in his approach to everything. And his mind was unbelievable in what he was able to vision, create, understand. And he had zero fucks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he was fired from his own damn company. Like, that's, that's and then what's rehired. hilarious. And then rehired. Yeah. But I, but I keep thinking about he wore the same thing every day. And he... And, and the, there's research around this, that this idea. So I'm not, I'm not, I love fashion. I will always embrace my blazers and heels unless my feet don't allow me to do that anymore. But well, and then in to. which case I'll figure out a way to um, fix my feet so that I can still wear my heels. Like it's going to be okay. I'm... My grandmother wore heels until, man, I mean, until 80s for sure. I plan on wearing mine into the whatever room in which I die. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> or we'll just put them on your feet if that happens and I'm still around. I'll just go find Natalie's best heels and be like, we're putting these on. <laughs> um, please, please do that. Yes. So, so it's the little things, right? And how... But think about how many people had signature looks. Think about how many people that we are inspired by. Michelle Obama, <gasps> the shoulders, right? Signature looks. Yeah. Simon Cowell, the white t-shirt. Not that we're inspired by Simon Cowell. I mean, sometimes (laughs) talk about somebody who advocates for himself. Like, truly, the person that you need to be advocating advocating for yourself in front of is yourself. Yeah. You need to advocate for yourself. So you need to get over, you need to get over that conversation. Like, oh, what are they, and trust me, I have this conversation all the time. So it's, Mm -hmm. that's why I can say this with confidence. The, your thought is, what are they going to say or what's their response going to be? And then you advocate for yourself and say, this I is why... I don't give a fuck. Right. Yes. That, <laughs> that would be the shorthand answer. When I talk to people that I care about and I'm advocating for them or I'm encouraging them to advocate for themselves... I go down the list. You are a worthwhile person. You are fun. You are smart. You're a total badass. You, um, and I'll start listing specifics like, look at all these things that you did. You are a hot commodity. <laughs> you are desirable. Mm-hmm. You are wanted, right? Yeah. And I will pour that confidence into you. Like, I, that is just who I am. That's what I do. Now, I need to turn around and do it to myself. Yes. We all need to turn around and do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we need to remind ourselves of the specifics. So if there is a confrontation and we are not, um, we're nervous about speaking up for ourselves in that, in that situation. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
we need to remind ourselves, just stop for a minute. Give yourself permission to stop. Separate emotionally. Okay? Mm -hmm. And look, and take your time. You were the director. You can say that a long pause in this moment is appropriate. Okay? Mm -hmm. And then say to yourself, what is my goal here? Why is that my goal? What am I hearing? What is bothering me? And then address it. Mm-hmm. But do those things for yourself, please. That is how successful leaders become successful because they don't let somebody else's tone or um, rejection or resistance intimidate them. Instead, they say, I heard what you said. Now I'm going to go back to this is important to me. I think you need to hear what I'm saying. I don't feel heard. Mm -hmm. We're not seeing eye to eye. We need to discuss this further, but this conversation is not done yet. I think I'm going to need to come back and listen to this podcast on a regular basis because I, I put your headphones in at night and listen to it on loop. I know, (laughs) but again, and then play it backwards and you'll hear, I don't know, something cool. I can't, I'm not, will you? I don't know. Maybe (laughs) I, Buy more heels. <laughs> Subliminal messages. <laughs> well, and I'm hearing so many affirmations and that putting my own oxygen mask on first and making sure that I have my cup filled prior to trying to fill everyone else's cup. Oh, I need to address this because especially moms of young kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw somebody had done an example where they had two glasses lined up on the table and they were holding a third glass that was full of water and they poured it into their glass. One glass represented them, one glass represented everybody else. And so they were trying to pour water into their glass. But you know when you pour, it's like when we went out for margaritas the other day and we were trying to pour the margarita out of the pitcher. And it spilled. But it like slid down the side of the margarita and went all over the table instead of into the glass. So as they're pouring the water out of their glass and it's sliding, it's not falling out into your glass. Instead, it's sliding down and trickling into the glass of everybody else. That is motherhood. That is motherhood, okay? And, or parenting. I shouldn't be specific to moms. That's just parenting. We do need to put on our own oxygen mask first, but maybe you have a newborn who's not sleeping through the night or a three-year-old who's not sleeping through the night because that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have laundry and you have a, other people's agendas that you have to meet. Like there's all those things. So instead of saying you need to put your own oxygen mask on, which seems like a chore in and of itself, this is where you need to stop and practice that self-advocacy and say, I'm exhausted. How can I advocate for myself right now? I can't even put my own oxygen mask on. And then saying, I need help with dinner. Mm-hmm. I need help with the laundry. I need help with this. Or I can't take that on right now. And then let it go. Just cut ties and let it go. Because in a year, it won't matter that you let it go. Yeah. That idea of what will this matter in five minutes, five days, five months, five years. And most of the time, no, this is just the moment. It is what it is. Let it go. Okay, great. (laughs) And 
I, I hear in what you're saying is the need to name and the need to ask. And in that self-advocacy, I think some of the time the ask of, hey, I need help with or I'm exhausted, I can't do, is that fear of rejection. Well, anytime we talk about an advocate in any social situation, the first thing that advocate needs to do is identify and verbalize what the problem is. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't stop first to say there is a problem, we're not doing it. We're not advocating for anything. Yeah. We're Mm -hmm. pushing it under the rug. We're telling ourselves we're not that important. We don't matter. We're telling the rest of the world, I'm not that important. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I need to listen to this podcast every day. (laughs) Jeez. And I'm the one who who just said that. (laughs) I know. That's like, I'm, I'm just sitting with that for a moment. Allow yourself... Allow yourself the opportunity to advocate or express or verbalize the need because nobody's going to be able to help you and you can't even help yourself if you don't do that first. Yeah. So this maybe is a separate topic, but when we're talking about self-advocacy, The precursor to self-advocacy is self-awareness. I have to be self-aware enough to understand what I'm advocating for. Are you you willing to be aware of what needs love? What needs help? Are you willing to be aware of... Oh, why can't I think of the word, Tracy? Vulnerable. (laughs) There it is. That's exactly what it is. Are you willing to be aware to the point where you have to be vulnerable? No. I don't think a lot of people want to be vulnerable. I actually, I don't remember if we talked about this in a podcast or not, but I went to an event and in this event, they said, if you want to form real connections, you as the leader have to demonstrate vulnerability. Oh, for sure. And this was right when I was going through my phase of like, do I do I continue with the ruse of I'm not going to clean my house for you and then <laughs> clean it, yeah. right? Yeah. Or do I be true to who I am and let people see my re- my reality? Um and I was relieved to hear this piece of information, Tracy, because somebody was giving me permission hmm. to be okay with myself. Mhm. Mhm. And to trust that if I am okay with myself and I share myself, other people will also be okay with me. Yeah. Do you know what's happened since then? Trust me, I still have lots of insecurities and lots of self-doubt and lots of negative talk. I mean, oh, it happens. Same. Yeah. But I'm a lot less stressed in social situations because I now recognize that I am going to be myself and if you don't like it, we won't get together for margaritas. Mm-hmm. If you do like it, great. great. Let's get a date on the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> or, or great, I'll have somebody I can work with. This is mm-hmm. awesome. We're going to have a great mm-hmm. you know, connection here. So this is a really great conversation, and I feel like there is so much more here, and there's no way we're going to be able to finish this conversation in one sitting. And 
No, so we can continue the conversation the next time we're together. Because we always continue. It's, it's always, always to be continued. To be continued.